Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century, right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host, teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler, Steve Russell, as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. Welcome to Christian Living That Counts. This is your host, Steve Russell. Our show is for people who are living renewed lives and making a difference in a broken world. Glad you joined us today. We're going to be talking about a subject that I think all Christians are interested in. They may have put it in the back of their mind for reasons that they didn't want to think about it, but I really think uh, everybody has it. Um, sometimes if it's not uh, in the forefront of our thoughts, it's usually brought up by somebody and then we're challenged to think of it again. We're going to talk about what it means to share our faith with others, uh, particularly those who are, are not Christians or who are unfamiliar with the Christian faith. And so uh, talk a little bit about some of the motivations and some of the fears and uh, all the things that go into that, because most everyone, I, I know very few people who would say, uh, I'm sharing my faith with as many people as often as I can, as I really would like to. Uh, most people, this is an area of weakness and challenge. And so today we want to um, address that a little bit. And uh, we're going to have two guests on the show. Uh, one of them uh, is going to be a person who has no trouble whatsoever, um, and I will introduce you to him in the uh, second segment of the show. He has no trouble whatsoever sharing his faith, um, but he comes from a background of being in sales. And sales itself is is the ability to put someone in a slightly uncomfortable position uh, because you want something from them, because you have a better thing to offer, that sort of thing. So uh, sales salespeople uh, usually are one, and you, you have the uh, emotional makeup to be one. You don't take no personally and so on. And so it gives you a boldness to approach people. And so our first guest today will we'll talk about that. Then our second guest has a much more subtle and um, indirect way of sharing faith or opening the conversation about sharing your Christian faith. And so we'll try to cover some bases today on both of these things. I thought before we started, though, we'd take a look at a, at a couple of things, and that's uh, the motives that we have as Christians to share our faith. I'd like to believe that uh, my motive as a Christian and everybody else's out there is that we love everybody and we want everybody to have the happiness and joy that we find in our faith. And uh, to that end, there are a number of things that um, that we can find in Scripture, we can find in our own personal uh, testimony. I think uh, when, when we talk about a, a, our personal experience and our personal faith, uh, I'm often reminded of the Bible story of the man that Jesus healed who was blind from birth, and uh, the, the people wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't accept it, and they kept challenging the man. Uh, you know, who who are you? Where'd you come from? Who are your parents? And so on and so on. They were just so reluctant to to accept the miracle Jesus had done. And finally, the man in frustration tells them, he says, look, I don't know who this man was, but one thing I know, I was blind, and now I can see. And so you know, you're always hard put for a person with that kind of experience to argue with it. He's just very happy about it and doesn't really care about the method or how it came about or who did it. And that's a very personal thing. Well, our faith is very personal. Uh, it can be. And so um, knowing, knowing that means that there are going to be certain motives that bring us to to share this with others and talk to others about the faith. I, I was looking at some scriptures, and uh, one of the ones I think that um, – 
makes a lot of sense to, to us is the idea of the ambassadorship that Christians have in a world. You know, uh, when Jesus was before Pilate, uh, he told Pilate, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And and so that that kind of when you get that otherworldly sense and you, you talk about being an alien or an ambassador in this world, as Christians often think that they are, we're sort of on assignment in a world that's not our home. Um, and there's a, a good verse for that. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we are ambassadors for Christ and God is making his appeal to the world through us. And so that ambassadorship gives us a, a responsibility and an authority. Uh, and a commission uh, to go out and to, to do these things and sharing our faith so that others know. So that, that, that that's a good feeling and a, and a great motive. Uh, all too often, though, I, when, we're, when we're reluctant to share our faith for a number of reasons, which we'll look at in a minute, um, I think we're, we, we become guilty and maybe even ashamed. And uh, unfortunately, that word ashamed appears several times in several translations of the New Testament. Um, one of the most uh, frightening ones, I think, that people don't like to be confront with, um, confronted with uh, comes uh, from the Gospel of Mark, and it's also repeated in the Gospel of Luke. Um, and Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, I, I the Son of Man, will be ashamed of him uh, when I return. And that's, that's kind of scary. You think, well, if I'm not bold, if I'm not outgoing, if I'm frightened, oh, my goodness. Uh, well, if, Jesus, if, I, if I want Jesus to stand up for me and call me one of his own, I better stand up for him. And, and so we kind of have that, that, that motivation of fear. Um, and that, that's an unfortunate, very, very subordinate to the much more desirable emotion of love and sharing what is, uh, brings us joy and happiness. Um, but it appears even in Paul's writings as well. In Romans, um, Paul told us uh, that he was not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. This is very early in the first chapter of the book of Romans. And and so Paul, obviously, by saying he's not ashamed, means there are a lot of people could be ashamed. And again, that's very unfortunate. And one more time, I'll cite Paul, and that's in 2 Timothy 1.8. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, when Paul was writing this from prison, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So obviously people, even 2,000 years ago in the, in the first century Christian era, uh, they were struggling with the idea of shame. Uh, and being ashamed. And, and so Paul addresses it that we should not be ashamed. He wasn't. And of course, we don't want that to be a primary motive. I think another uh, negative motive that people have, and this causes them to be very reluctant to share their faith, is they're, they're fearful. And it, and it breaks down into a number of, of subcategories from that. Number one, they're fearful of imposing on somebody else. And it's kind of funny. Most Christians uh, who have any sense of, of a relationship with Christ would tell you it's the greatest thing that ever happened to them. Uh, and you could say, well, would it be better than finding a $100 bill on the street and nobody around to claim it and it's all yours? And they say, well, yeah, of course it's, it's better than that. Well, how many people would you tell you found a $100 bill? Everybody you met. 
How many people would you share your faith with? Ah, well, wait a minute. That's a little different story. So you become reluctant to share the thing you still say is the most important thing, but you would share something as small as finding money on the street. So um, fear fear of imposing on somebody, I think, challenges a lot of people in sharing their faith. They just simply um, don't want to bother somebody. Uh, but if it's the great news we think it is, how much of a bother could it be? Another uh, part of that fear aspect is a fear of not knowing what to say. What if I say the wrong thing? Um, what if I don't know what to say? What if I'm just there in dumb silence? What if they ask me a question? I don't know how to answer it. So people fear a lack of knowledge. Um, and and uh, fortunately, <laughs> like back to the story of the of the, bl- of the blind man who was healed, there's not a lot of lo- a lot of knowledge required. Um, you're only asked to share what you can share. And and so people ask difficult questions. Best thing to do is refer them to somebody who might have an answer to that. But you're not there to answer everybody's uh, intricate and, and detailed questions. It uh, doesn't require expertise. It goes back again to the idea of the happiness of finding something um, that is a great treasure to you, and you're simply sharing that with other people. Uh, they can work out the details with other people who, who know the details, and that would be great. I think there's um, also um, just a fear of, um, of, of shyness. Uh, people have just an emotional reluctance to move outside their sphere of comfort and do something a little bit uh, uncomfortable. Um, and uh, it goes back to the, what I was talking about earlier with the, uh, one of the men we're going to interview um, and the salesman's technique. You, you've got to be uh, willing to be outgoing. You know, it would kind of be funny. I read that verse of uh, Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 5.20 when he called us ambassadors. Can you, imi- can you imagine a, an ambassador uh, of our country, of the United States, going into a foreign country and he locks himself in the embassy or herself in the embassy and they never come out? Uh, they don't engage the leaders of the other country. They don't talk to anybody. They don't represent the United States and its ideas, and they just lock the door and they hide. Um, and, and, of course, that, that's absurd. That's not what an ambassador does. An ambassador is there to meet and greet and backslap and baby kiss and do all that kind of things in a, in a foreign uh, place. And, and so it requires a certain outgoing um, uh, in, uh, personality and an outgoing ability, um, a, a desire to want to share oneself. And um, I, I wish there was something we could tell every Christian that would automatically fix that uh, about everybody. But the fact is, it's just not everybody's human nature. They're just not naturally outgoing in and of themselves. If you If you suffer from that one, I would just simply suggest that you um, that you you speak to a lot of other people. You seek to be a little more outspoken in the groups where you have a comfort zone. And you've heard us say many times on this program that the the church should be a very safe place. So, in some of the small groups of people that you might pray with, or uh, other Christian friends that you worship with, or you're in a, a Bible study group with them or something, try to just develop your voice. Um, and um, your ability to just speak up and speak out. Um, everybody in this world is, is wrong, uh, 
uh, at one time or another. So being wrong is not the end of the world for any of us, thank goodness. Um, so the, the key here, if you, if you just have that natural shyness, is to, uh, to test it out um, and overcome it uh, as best you can over a period of time. It'll take some work, but it'll pay great dividends uh, when you're able to, um, to just be a little more outgoing. And you'll, you'll see that grow. Um, at first, you'll feel more comfortable among friends um, and uh, other relationships that are already intimate uh, as you find your voice, and then you'll be able to use that voice uh, with others and then ultimately even with strangers um, when the opportunities present themselves. So uh, I think um, I think that we've got every reason in the world to always uh, look at this topic. Again, it's something that we tend to want to put in the back of our minds, especially if we're uncomfortable with it or we don't have a habit of do it doing it and especially terribly if we feel guilty about it nobody wants to wake up every morning guilty or go to bed night guilty or live the day guilty so we're going to be looking at these things and doing a couple of interviews and i hope the folks that come on as guests are helpful to you as well stay with us we're a christian living that counts we'll be back in just a moment we'll return in a moment with host steve russell and christian living that counts Many Christians worry about how to share their faith. They even feel guilty about not sharing. Hi, this is Steve Russell, host of Christian Living That Counts on toginet.com. Christians sharing their faith feel awkward and bothersome sometimes. But my friend Bobby Bateman has a unique way to break the ice and open the door for a casual conversation. Join us soon for the interview with Bobby about his unique idea or learn more now at his website. It's personal to us.com. Once again, that website is it's personal to us.com. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts, your host, Steve Russell. Welcome back to Christian Living That Counts. I have our first guest on the line today, Corbin Prefert. Give you a little bit of introduction to my friend Corbin. He turned 95 years old on the 13th day of June this past uh, month, and he's become a dear friend. Corbin is uh, a uh, salesman by nature and by by natural character and makeup, and has a, a great gift of sales and outgoingness from uh, from everything he's ever done. I got to know him because of his last name. Uh, well, that's not true. I got to know him because he approached me in a, in an auto parts store. But his last name became meaningful to me when I realized that he and his brothers, uh, particularly his older brother Marvin had developed patents on agricultural equipment, specifically cattle handling equipment. And his brother Marvin was a natural-born inventor and brought his business uh, into the cattle country of northeast Texas um, back in the 1960s. And his brother Corbin, that we have on the line, joined him as a salesman. And Corbin, welcome to the show. And how long were you with your brother selling for Prefort? Uh, thank you, Steve. Six years. How many? Six, Six years. Six years. You, okay. And I, I'll from go, ni- go From ahead. 1966 until 1973. And then I sold my half of the company to his son, Bill. Right, right. And uh, Bill today is, is uh, 
got three sons, Eddie, Travis, and Nate, and they've taken over the business and will go along with their father, Bill, or carrying it on uh, after the unfortunate death of, of Marvin. Um, but Corbin, for these years, sold for Prefort, and um, I'll go ahead and tell this on you. Um, I know that uh, your brother Marvin just welded equipment right onto the bumper of your car, and you took off across ultimately 37 states representing this uh, this company that is one of the major underwriters of our show. And um, and you traveled with that name and that brand and all over the country with that uh, headgate uh, welded to your bumper. So uh, that was quite an adventure, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Um, we uh, used four different cars and drove over 300,000 miles. And each time we'd change a car, my brother Marvin, a genius in heaven now, would get under the back of that car, and if you can feature this, and remove and add the um, extension to the frame, and then set the steel shoot gate on that. And then when he'd get done, he'd back off and say, "Okay, brother, go show it." <laughs> so when you when you showed up to a retailer, they didn't have any trouble knowing what you were there for, right? True. <laughs> it was it wasn't something you fold up and put in the trunk. It was right out there for everybody to see. Well, that's great. I, of course, we we'll go into this story later. We'll interview Bill and have him on the show later. And just a great Christian family uh, and uh, folks who give God the credit for uh, all the success they've had. Uh, they're in Mount Pleasant, Texas, employing almost 900 people there in Titus County, and just the absolute undisputed leader in farm, ranch, and rodeo equipment and. So I'm glad to have uh, Corbin, uh, the brother of the founder of that company, on the phone. And, Corbin, what I did, I didn't give your name in the earlier segment of the show, but I told him we were going to have somebody who was able to share their faith in Jesus Christ with boldness. And so tell us a little bit, Corbin, where does that boldness come from? Well, uh, I have a friend, um, uh, see, Price Allen um, informed me one day that I could do something with this. I had given to him a little piece of paper with John 3.16 and two or three other scripture verses on there. And the next time I saw him, uh, those were the words he used, and I had no idea what he meant. But now uh, we pass out a 10, maybe, uh, well, more than that daily to people we meet, uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry, uh, just anybody that will accept it, and as a rule, they appreciate it. Uh, I've had people uh, comment to me, I've got one of these on my refrigerator. I've got one of these I carried in my billfold, and so forth. <laughs> well, you know, that's Jesus inter- Christ is my Savior. I accepted him when I was 17, and I knew what I was doing almost. Uh, at the age of 50, I lived the life, of course, but at the age of 54... The Holy Spirit put me on the floor. I left the choir. It was a church was full. We had the Holy Spirit was present. I forgot all about Tom, Dick, and Harry. And I, um, anyhow, I was on the floor, and a deacon bumped me. Come on. We go to the prayer room. And uh, he closed the door, and he pointed at my nose. And he said, is this a J-O-K-E? I was chairman of the building and grounds. Um kept all the yards mowed and so forth all the time, and he couldn't put two and two together and get four. I said, hey, brother, I'm happy. I'm free. F-R-E-E. Let's go. 
and you know, gold was used in the in the Bible uh, around approximately 962 times. I approached a man the other day, uh, and we commented about uh, the word uh, oh boy, senior mind, um, uh, gospel, yeah. and I said to him. You know, first two letters in the word gospel are G-O. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, by the way, what does the word gospel mean to you? And he didn't know. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. Let me, let, me, let me jump in here. You know, Tom, Dick, Harry, and Steve, me included, that's how we met with you uh, giving me a track. Now, what people don't realize is you, you handwrite a lot of these and have them printed back at uh, Prefort Manufacturing. You're, this is not something that you buy or, or somebody else's canned information. This is something you actually create that's meaningful to you, right? True. Right, and I want people to to hear what you said that you give out ten or more of these a day, and I also picked up in what you said that uh, you're you're actually finding repeat customers. You're doing this so often that you're actually sharing with some of the same people that you've shared with before. Uh, you've had that experience, right? Yes, it's been twelve years now, more or less, since we started doing this, and we always say we because it's Jesus and me. Sure. Well, and what I was, what I, what I think is fascinating about that for those of us who want to share our faith is, is the fact that you, you, you've done it to the point that you're now. It's got to be a testimony uh, and a witness to these other people of your persistence, because it's not something you did one day and forgot about it for the next, you know, fifteen twenty years. It's something that is a daily part of your life, and I, and I know that because I've helped you load the boxes of the printed materials that you hand out. Um, but I think that that's a real testimony to your persistence. Now, Corbin, I, I talked to the people about your boldness, and and I, I mentioned that some that some folks have seemingly a natural boldness and comes uh, with salesmanship. Um, do you think that that has has been a motivation or sort of a natural uh, resource in in your life? The fact that you you're able to be bold when you meet new people, kind of comment on 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 your sales approach and and your sharing the gospel. How are they related and maybe different too? Uh, Myrna and I uh, joined Green Acres Baptist Church five years ago, and last year in their a surveyor magazine, they had a little feature page on me. Uh, it said, uh, Salesman for God. Mm. So we have that as a mobile from my ceiling, and it. Uh, uh, I can't help but be a little bit proud of that. Uh, he's my Savior, my Lord, my Master, and if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, I would be nothing Right. Well, and 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 there, there again, there that captured both things: salesman for God, a salesman who shares the gospel. But but, do you think uh, was uh, was all the great sales experience you had? Was that just a warm up for the real thing, uh, for sharing your faith? How did did it help you? Uh, did you learn things in sales that helped you in sharing your faith? I'm a farmer from Midstate, Nebraska, and God Almighty uh, decided to. Uh, cut the line, and so he permitted Satan to let my back get hurt. I had to have a spinal fusion. I was in a posteriparous cast in fetal form, six weeks on my stomach when I was age 21. Anyhow, when we left the farm, they let me have a state, so I chose Texas. 
uh, we came straight to Texas, and uh, it was April 46. Uh, the uh, first um, druggist that I approached, I parked out in front, and I was going to show him dust goggles from Kerr Manufacturing in Hastings, Nebraska, and uh, I just lost my nerve. Uh, <laughs> Satan said, you can't do that, you know. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Second Timothy 1, seven. Uh, for God hath not given to us the spirit of fear or doubt, but power and love and a sound mind. Now, Satan enters into too many minds nowadays and directs them straight to hell. When they approach the, um, except um, when they, in revival, for example, uh, too many times people are thinking about God who made the oceans and the trees and the cows and the bees, but they never did meet Jesus. So they accept, yes, and they get baptized, yes, but they still go straight to hell because Jesus says in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, nobody comes to my Father except through me. Excellent. And I, and I picked up from that that you, you got your nerve um, you know, after that first time when, when that, that voice whispered in the back of your mind, you can't do this. Well, knowing you for the next, uh, for the years I have and, and knowing your career as a salesman, you obviously overcame that reluctance, uh, and that hesitance about sharing. Um, so that's, that, that, that's really what I, what I wanted to hear. Now, what would you tell people, Corbin, because some people, and you know, you know, a lot of people and you probably with, with a sense of humility, you mentioned pride a minute ago, but I know you're a very humble man and you probably know a lot of people who don't hand out 10 tracks plus a day and meet new people. What advice would you have people who or would you have for people who are a little bit afraid or they're afraid they won't know what to say or they're just naturally shy? Any of those those things that keep people from sharing their faith? How would you um, how would you help them? Uh, what advice would you give them to overcome some of that and, and, and grab hold of some of that boldness you have? There are thirty one thousand one hundred and two verses in the King James Version Bible. We need to. Each one of us need to know at least a dozen scripture verses. When you know that one, two, three, four, five, six, no, let's see different, let's say it. When you know that two and two makes four, then you have a fact in your mind that you can hang on to. Uh, you need to know for sure that Jesus is the Son of God Almighty. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. Corbin, thanks for joining us. We're going to have Corbin back on the show again later, and we're also going to share with you how you can obtain uh, some of the stories and some of the wisdom of this 95-year-old Christian man that uh, has great stories to tell, and we'll tell you how to find those uh, on the web. And thanks for joining uh, us for his interview, and we'll be right back with another interview here in just a moment. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts, back in a moment with host Steve Russell. I want to tell you about the special underwriting sponsor of Christian Living That Counts. This is show host Steve Russell to introduce you to the Prefort family of Mount Pleasant, Texas. Prefort Manufacturing was founded by the late Marvin Prefort of 
born inventor who moved his growing business to the heart of cattle country in northeast Texas in 1962. Since then, Freefort Manufacturing has become the leader in the highest quality of farm, ranch, and rodeo equipment, employing over 800 people and shipping their products worldwide. Bill Prefort, Marvin's son, assumed the leadership of the company in 1988 after the unexpected passing of his father, Marvin. Today, under their dad's watchful eye, the third generation of Bill's sons, Eddie, Nate, and Travis are carrying on the family tradition and business, including the Christian faith that they quickly credit with much of their success and growth. I'm proud to call the Prefort's friends and appreciate their making the internet radio broadcast of Christian Living That Counts possible. Learn more about this dedicated Christian family and their outstanding business at prefert.com. That's P-R-I-E-F-E-R-T dot com. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts, your host, Steve Russell. Welcome back to Christian Living That Counts. This is your host, Steve Russell. I have Bobby Bateman on the phone from Jacksonville, Texas. Bobby became a friend just by me stopping in and checking on him and being referred by a person who told me to do so and found out that he had started a ministry uh, called It's Personal. And that sounds uh, interesting just right in the words. I'm always somebody who gets excited about the titles of something. And so just it's personal. It makes you want to ask, well, wait a minute. Well, what's personal? In fact, I was behind the car with that bumper sticker on it yesterday. And, of course, I had my bracelet on, and I knew exactly where they got that bumper sticker. And we both knew what was personal. But, Bobby, uh, thanks for joining us on Christian Living That Counts. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in Jacksonville, and then I'll, I'll take you into a discussion about the ministry. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've been here in Jacksonville actually my whole life. Moved off for a uh, different span years back, and I've always come back here and raised my family here. I've uh, been in business for about 25 years, and from the Texaco is to the tire business, and that's what I'm in now. And that's actually where all this got started, at the tire store. Okay. All right. And I know you've got your, your kind of your room that where uh, a lot of the its personal paraphernalia is stored and everything. But that, that you, you, you let us right in yourself to the discussion. Tell everybody uh, the story about how its personal ministries was born in, in your heart, uh, what the Lord put on your heart to, to show you this direction. Tell us about that. Yes, sir. Uh, actually, it's, it's nothing new, but but it is because it had it had to come to this point to get me to where I would do something about it, and, and uh, finally listen to the Holy Spirit trying to tell me what I'm not doing. Uh, we're commanded to uh, go ye into the world. It's not a do we want to or when you have time or after you do this or graduate from here. It's a go ye. It's right now. And uh, the last year, uh, twenty uh, 2014, the last quarter of last year, our Sunday school lesson was totally about witnessing. And uh, actually, it just wore me out. You know, the Holy Spirit was convicting me and convicting me, and I didn't, I wasn't, I knew I wasn't doing what I was commanded to do. And and uh, more or less, I tell people, you know, and, and I get different looks when I say this, but I say, well, the Lord brought this idea, this vision to me, and this is what it is. It's about it's personal, and I, I say in part of the website, it's a visual reminder that, uh, number one, who's inside of me, and uh, number two is if, if people see it, they can ask what's 
what's it personal mean? And it's a, a visual tool where, where it will let you share, let you witness, let you be the witness that we're commanded to be. Very good. Well, you, you, you played right down the, the, the lane of the opening segment. I talked about people and, and uh, how all of us who are Christians and have the least bit of devotion at all to Christ, we really do want to share our faith. Uh, we want to share it in a positive way. We want to share it out of the joy and the treasure that it is to us. But oftentimes we get bogged down by fear of different things or a lack of knowledge. Uh, or we, have a, we think we're naturally shy and we've got all these uh, these things that just kind of keep us quiet, but you reemphasize something I brought out, and that is that every Christian, even though we might not like to think about it because we don't like to feel guilty or ashamed, it usually comes back around due to something we experience at church or some other uh, person uh, come to, we come in contact with or some message, but we're always challenged to think about how to share our faith, even though we might not want to because we're ashamed or we're, or we're, we're just not doing the job that we ought to. So uh, you're, you're, right, you're right on track. Um, now, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about how you get the message out. It, it, and, and by the way, uh, you mentioned the website, which is itspersonaltous.com. I want the listeners to be able to go to that, and we'll close out and say that many times and uh, see what you have to offer. But tell us a little bit about the different ways that you've imprinted the message. Yes, sir. Uh, we, we first started with uh, uh, just wristbands, and it's a pretty simple idea, you know. Uh, more, it's very cost-effective; doesn't hardly cost anything. But when you're walking around with one of those wristbands on, well, uh, it, it it enables people. There's thousands of bobbies, hundreds of thousands of bobbies in the world that are just not doing it, you know. And uh, when when I put this wristband on, it's a, I, I, at first I felt ashamed because. I'm thinking, man, you mean I got to have that before I can walk up and talk to somebody, walk up and witness to somebody, you know? And and then uh, there's a oh, a brother that trades with me. He he said you need to quit worrying about that. You know, don't even think about that. He said if if God called you to do that, uh, what does it say? He said God God's not going to uh, call the equipped. He's going to equip equip the called. Yeah. So you know when he when he told me that, I said, well, you know what? That's exactly right. So whatever it is, it is helping me, and it's it's actually made me be that bold witness that I that I always wanted to be, but never was. And you know, however it came about, uh, I honestly believe that uh, God sent it to me. We've got wristbands. We put it on now. We put it on caps, and we put it on T-shirts. We've got window decals that go in. You can put on your bumper, or put in the back of your window. And uh, there's there's lots of them out just in this little area here. They've they've actually been to. Uh, we've got different missionaries that come to my church, and everyone that uh, comes in and speaks after they've been here. Well, before they leave, I give them some to take back to wherever whatever country they're from. Uh, we've got them that have, have this summer have gone to so far about four different kids camps, and uh, our our church included went on mission trip to Tennessee, and and uh, the Lord's using them. He's he's he, He's anointed it, and it's taken off, and it's going to help people. People think, well, you know, I can't do it because they're going to ask me something I don't know. You know, it doesn't matter if you can quote a single verse out of the Bible or if you can quote every verse in the Bible. (laughs) God can use you. You can have a testimony about what Jesus has done in your life, and you can tell that one person that. 
Very good. That that's exactly right. Uh, that we've and we've we. You're just again. You're just saying the, the amen and putting the stamp on on things that have already been said. Uh, so you've got the wristbands. You got t-shirts. You got caps. You got the stickers. Um, and and I know this is interesting thought that uh, just came to me. I know when I saw that window sticker yesterday in the automobile in front of me. Uh, not only is it a good opener for people to ask them, uh, to ask you about what's personal, but it was also an affirmation of other people out there that are walking around with a personal relationship to Christ as well. Um, so it, it has the benef- sure. benefit of you're not alone. Um, and, yes, sir. And so the more we see that out there, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like seeing in the first century, you know, they draw half that fish. And, and wait for the other person to draw the other half of the fish so they could secretly identify as Christians. And so I think every, every time I see the it's personal in anything, cap, T-shirt, sticker, uh, wristband, whatever, I know there's a believer too and somebody who's concerned enough uh, and happy enough and joyful enough about their own relationship to Christ that they want, they want to share it. Um, Bobby, tell us, uh, you mentioned how God's using it, and I, I had no doubt of this. I, I, the way you had the idea, I had the instant affirmation that this was a great thing uh, because I saw what God was telling you in the sense of, of uh, an, an innocuous and, and gentle and subtle and uh, uh, not an, um, in, uh, an intrusive way of, of sharing, just a, just giving the other person actually the opportunity to open the conversation. Um, tell us some some stories. You you, you alluded to that. It, it just so, tell us some a couple of good things that you've heard from people who got to share because they had the message with them. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I've talked to lots of folks. You know, like I say, it's, I have a tire store here, and where you know if. It, uh, one, for instance, I was out there. We had a, a trailer jacked up This before five guys come in, and it was actually a trailer that they'd made into their camping trailer. They was going to Colorado hunting. And uh, I walked out there, and, and I said, well, look, guys, I said, uh, let me share something with you while you can't go nowhere. You know, we got you jacked up. So uh, I started talking to them, and, and one of them, well, actually a couple of them just kind of looked at me, and another one said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, there's a guy coming, there's an overpass about a block away from me, and he said, there's another one of us coming over the overpass, and he said, just wait till he gets here. So, I mean, it just instant. he pulled up, and I started talking to him about it's personal and what it means and, and how and just everything, and then that, one of them said, hey, uh, this guy right here, uh, he's, your, he's your preacher. And come to find out, this guy was over, uh, I forget how many different prison ministries in the Angola State Prison System. Wow. And, uh, you know, had I not gone out there, you know, uh, wouldn't have found that out, wouldn't have met him or them, you know. And then there's two guys that had a little, had a little question on their mind, you know. I mean, you could just tell of it when they passed me on to the other guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, those brothers are around somebody, around those other men that are, that they're going to witness to them. I promise you, whether it was with the bracelets or not, or they're in the right company. Uh, my granddaughter lives in Paris, Texas. And uh, I've got her hooked on. I said, I said, Hannah, you're going to be the person up there that's going to get this thing going. And I, I said, you can be the start of it. And she just, she, they let her do a Bible study um, in the school system up there. They give her a room, and, and they have it, well, like once a week. And uh, she wrote a little story about it, and it's on the 
the uh, actually the my stories page on the website. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. All right. There's, hold, there's one. There's one story. If, you, if real quick. Hold, hold that. Hold uh, that story. We're going to come back in just a minute. Hold that story. Y'all stay with us. We'll return in a moment for our final segment of Christian Living That Counts. Hey, friends. This is Steve Russell, host of Christian Living That Counts. I want to introduce you to my friend David Taylor. He's celebrating his 35th anniversary as a financial advisor. David's a CPA and has recently written a book to answer the need of so many ladies who came to his office after the passing of their husbands. Often they knew nothing of their financial details or status. David's book is called The Comprehensive Widow's Survival Guide. Be listening for my interview with David soon and learn how you can get your copy of The Comprehensive Widow's Survival Guide. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts, your host, Steve Russell. All right, welcome back to Christian Living That Counts. We've got Bobby Bateman on the phone from Jacksonville, Texas, Bobby's Tires, and he was in business there, has been for some 25 years. Lord spoke to him about a ministry called It's Personal. Once again, so you'll know, it's personaltous.com to see the different uh, uh, venues and, and um, uh, paraphernalia that Bobby has put together to spread the message of its personal as a very kind and gentle way to share the gospel. And uh, just a simple message, whether it's on your T-shirt, your cap, your wristband, your bumper sticker, your window sticker, whatever, it just says it's personal and all you want, and you pray for somebody to ask what's personal. And that opens the door to share the gospel. So we had closed the last segment with Bobby about to tell us a really good story. And just to, to, to catch you up, he had told us about his granddaughter who's been given a venue up in Paris, Texas. And uh, she was spreading the, the word and the opportunity to have some of this paraphernalia. And you were going to tell us an, a follow-up story to that, Bobby. So welcome back. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, this, is, this is really good. And, and the reason I know that uh, I couldn't come up with this. When this couple come in here, I was talking to them out front. And, uh, I mean, I had to think of something real quick. So I bring this. There was a couple from Dallas, and, and uh, they were renting a U-Haul, and she kept saying, Brother Kevin, and uh, this and that. And I said, when I got to I said, are y'all husband and wife? And they said, yes. And I said, well, you a pastor? And he said, yes. And I said, well, let, you need to stop. Come back here. I need to share something with you. So this is in the back room of my office. I, when I brought them back here, the, the lady the wife, her eyes just lit up. She knew just exactly without me saying a word what this was about. The husband come back here, and he's, he just kind of uh, blank, you know. And uh, I, I said, I said, okay, Pastor, I said, look at here. I said, just look at it like this. I said, just say uh, you've been working all day, and, you you know, you just want to go home. You got stuck in traffic and finally got out, headed home. And then I said, your wife calls. And then she wants to know, can you stop at the store on your way home and, and uh get like one to a hundred items well you know he's thinking oh man i can't anyway he says yes like i i would any other smart husband and uh anyway while he's standing in line right there well uh somebody sees his wristband and it says what's it's personal and they say what what does that mean what's that about well automatically you know his his, his world just changed you know right. however tired and sad and wanting to go home he was he gets the opportunity to witness one more time before he gets back on the road and goes home. Right. Now, did he have witnesses on, witnessing on his mind? Possibly, but we, we, we would never know that. So it could that could happen to you or me or whoever. If that wristband's on, then somebody's going to see it, and uh, they're going to ask. And God, God is 
using it. Like I said earlier, he is anointing it, and things are happening. It just, it's got to have folks that uh, will be bold enough to wear one and don't mind telling what Jesus has done in their life. Well, I'm glad you said it that way because I remember the day I realized, you know, when I put this thing on, I better be ready. Uh, somebody might ask. And that was kind of a, a, a revelation to my own mind. I think, you know, you put this on and all of a sudden somebody says, what's that bracelet mean that you've got on? And you're thinking, well, I, oh, yeah, I've got that on my arm. Yeah, uh, well, here we go. Uh, so I, I think it would be wise to put it on, whether it's a T-shirt, a cap, or a wristband, you put it on with prayer uh, and readiness. Bobby, thank you so much for visiting with us. We're going to let you go, and you may have to come back and tell folks more about it. But one more time, the website www.itspersonaltous.com. Go on, look at the stories, look at the paraphernalia, order something, and let us hear from you how it worked for you. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Well, you heard uh, just some great information from two men coming from entirely different uh, walks of life and perspective. Uh, a bold uh, person sharing the gospel in my friend Corbin Prefort. Um, so many years, decades as sales and the boldness it takes to be in sales and to approach people with a message, even whether it's the greatest message in the world, which is the gospel of Jesus or uh, whether it was one of the products he was selling. But the fact is he is imbued with a boldness um, that comes from God, and he uses it. The rest of us sometimes are short on that kind of boldness, and we need a little help along. And so we brought my friend Bobby Bateman on from Jacksonville, Texas, to tell you about its personal ministries. I've got one of Bobby's wristbands on right now, and I can tell you, that uh, the message, it's personal, is a, is a chance for those of us who are, are busy, we're doing other things, if we'll put it on with prayer and uh, realize that we might um, uh, have an opportunity uh, to share because somebody asked us, hmm, well, what's personal? I've never seen that one. You know, I've seen people now wearing five or ten wristbands. It's kind of like they're wearing one for every cause they've got. But it's not unusual, uh, since this is a relatively new ministry, that people would see one of these and not know exactly what they were they were seeing, and they'll ask about it. So once again, a very uh, non-intrusive and very subtle um, and very kind way to share the gospel when people ask what's personal to you. Well, we've been talking in this entire segment uh, uh, about sharing our faith. Um, we... we, we at Christian Living That Counts, um, in my, of course, which reflects a lot of my own uh, personal thoughts, we want to make sure we're respecting all people's faith, and we respect people who have no faith. Um, what we don't want to give any respect to is our, is our childish and our immature reluctance to be bold and courageous about what we believe. Uh, we just don't want to be offensive. We want to be respectful of others and make sure that our message is always one that is given in love. Uh, Jesus would have um, given it that way, and his life was lived as a person who loved others, and uh, even with his admonition to love our enemies. So uh, no greater lover has ever lived than Jesus for the people around him, his disciples, and for all the world for which he gave his life a ransom for, for us all. So we're glad to spread that message and glad to have the opportunity to do so. Uh, once again, I, I want you to be able to contact us. We have a website here, uh, Christian Living That Counts, is on the TogiNet uh, 
radio uh, websites. You can find us, and uh, you can Google my name, in, uh, or not Google it, but you can actually go into iTunes with my name, Steve Russell, and find these broadcasts and uh, download these into your smartphones and give a listen to them. So we want you to be able to do that. I'm very, very pleased with today's program and the guests we had and the different perspectives that they represented. And I hope that somewhere uh, between those two interviews, uh, you learned something that will be beneficial to you in sharing your faith. Uh, there's probably never been a day when it was more critical to, um, to, to be sharing our faith, although I don't want to discount the ages before us or the ones that will come after us. It's always in season as a Christian to be able to share the joy and the pleasure um, and the great rewards that come from knowing Christ and having the hope that's in us uh, in this world uh, and also in the world to come. So we're very, very pleased to, uh, to have offered this show to you today. Again, uh, visit our website. Also, if you can't find us, uh, you can go simply to my name. If it's easier to remember than the name of the show, uh, go to steverussell.org, and we'll link you up to, the, uh, to Christian Living That Counts uh, and the website over here and make available to you the um, the 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 things that we've talked about today uh we'll link you up also to Bobby Bateman's website it's personal to us.com and also show you uh, a way to obtain the podcast of some additional comments by Corbin Prefort so we're glad to have been with you today and um uh thank you for joining us we invite you back next week and certainly invite you to find our podcast on iTunes or at Toginet Radio Thanks for joining us. This is Steve Russell. We'll talk to you next week. Steve Russell returns next week at the same time, discussing how renewed lives can make a difference in a broken world. Join us again for Christian Living That Counts.